Welcome to Be Visible Voces, a new podcast mini-series that will be highlighting the amazing members from Be Visible Latinx, the first social network for the U.S. Latinx community. I'm your host, Elizabeth Estrada, and I'm so happy to have you tuning in. On today's episode, the first one ever, I'll be talking to Maximo Anguiano, a self-described Renaissance man. And of course he would call himself that because he's an actor, a creative, a motivational speaker, an organizer, a scholar, and a political leader in San Antonio, Texas. Maximo and I talked a lot because we are very chatty individuals. But our conversation focused on the way that Maximo works in different disciplines and fields to empower diverse groups of people, especially those in the Latinx community. We also talked about Hispanic Heritage Month and so much more. So let's tune in and see what he had to say. Maximo Anguiano, thank you so much for joining me today on Be Visible Voces. I am so excited to talk to you. You are a self-described renaissance man, and you are involved in so many different fields. You are so creative. You are doing so much to contribute and give back to the Latinx community and just to a larger community. And I am very grateful that you took time to talk to me uh, today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and what a beautiful introduction. I'm so excited to mix it up with y'all and just have some dialogue because as you mentioned, and as we've talked before, we need more opportunities where we can talk about our issues, talk about our community, talk about our culture and, and continue to inspire and give back to our, to our people, to our children too. Absolutely. So why don't we start at the beginning and um, have you talk a little bit about your background? Where did you grow up? What is your Latinx background? Um, and what's your story? ¿Qué es tu historia? Sure, sure. Well, my parents are from South Texas. My dad and his family for, were from San Antonio. My mom's from the Valley. And that's the Rio Grande Valley for folks who are unfamiliar with South Texas culture. But um, they basically separately moved to Michigan in the 60s. Um, that was a big time where a lot of migrant workers were going up there to work the fields. They still do. My mother's family went up there to work in the car factories. There was opportunities. Michigan had its heyday uh, for those types of opportunities. And, you know, there were was, there was some good times up there for folks that were working in the car factories. I mean, you could you could have a good life, a good career. And we settled up there. I was born in Lansing, Michigan. I represent, I rep the South Side, Lansing, um, Everett Viking for those listening. Um, you know, that's pretty much it. Grew up in the inner city and, you know, that's it. I, I, you know, and it's funny you introduced me. I was a little bit, I was almost blushing when you said Renaissance, man, because, you know, I don't really like labels. You know, I don't really like titles per se. And I found this whole thing as, as being, you know, Renaissance as a, as a one catch-all because, you know, we as a community in particular, when you talk about the Latinx community, is that we're writing our own script right now. We're creating our own lane. We are free to be, we're more free, I should say, to be what we want to be nowadays in this country. And we don't have to be what anybody else wants us to be. So, you know, when people say, hey, what do you do, Maximo? And I'm like, well, I do a lot of things. You know, we don't all, we don't all work at a nine to five pace. You know, we all don't have to have a desk job. We all don't have to be, a, you know, an accountant per se or, or, um, you know, uh, 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 what do they call them? A monkey, cubicle monkey or whatever it may be. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that life per se, but, um, 
you know, we got a lot more opportunities these days and, you know, we're doing a, a, a podcast right now, whatever it may be. And that's an opportunity where we're creating our own lane right there. Um, you know, we need to try to facilitate creativity and innovation in all aspects of, of life and industries because that's how we're going to uh, be on to greatness. And, you know, we can do all things in our community and it's about facilitating those things. So that's part of, you know, the conversation that we're having today. Definitely. And if there's an example of somebody who literally has done so much, it's you because you go around and you are a motivational speaker. You're an actor. You're a writer. Um, you're an organizer. You are the executive director of the Adelante you know, Leadership Fund. So you have really exemplified all these different things. And I'm wondering what was your journey to where you are now um, navigating all these different worlds, um, whether they're creative or nonprofit or social justice um oriented and um focused like what was your journey getting to where you are today yeah that's a good question and i mean i think in a nutshell to answer that is i heard a long time ago the phrase and i'm against violence of all types but there's more than one way to skin a cat and we have to find the multiple ways to communicate our progressive messages to the people that need to hear them and it ain't all about things that we are well we're very familiar with in our community you know, we can talk about rage, we can talk about anger, we can talk about healing, but is that truly getting the message across with those that need to hear it? Now, I'm the type of person who wants to work with everybody. I think as a transformative leader, we need to get into, into spaces where we can communicate and work with folks, uh, work with folks on both sides of the aisle, works with folks in communities that, you know, we may be historically unwelcomed in. And we got to start finding a way to transform the context to better our conditions, physical and spiritual, um, in all ways. So, you know, I, I started to recognize, you know, when we get into a lot of our groups and a lot of our circles, whether it be Latinx or Hispanic or whatever it may be, again, it, it's quote unquote Hispanic Heritage Month right now, we get into a lot of our circles and we recognize, hey, and I recognize this, that I was preaching to the choir. You know, you and I, we done talked about a, several things that we already know. Now we need to find a way to communicate that to the people that need to hear it and the people that need to understand us. You know, we're not an angry people. We're not a violent, rageful people. We are a spiritual people, though. And we are people that are going to, We, I, I, I truly believe that the Latino and the Latinx community is going to be the one to bring people together. Because if you think about it, look, we are white, we are black, we are brown. We are all of that. You know, we are the Aztec, the Taino, the Inca Indios, but we're also the African slaves and we're the European conquistadors. We are all of that. So we have connections to the entire planet. You know, and I truly believe that we have a spiritual connection to the planet, which is why so many of us are farmers. So many of us have a, have a caretaking nature when it comes to crops and migrants and, and, and all of those migrant workers sort of things, you know. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think I think. There, there, for me, it's about getting into spaces where, where we can facilitate and create a better understanding of who we all are. I truly believe, look, we're all inhabitants of this planet. Either we're going to find a way to live together or we're going to find a way to perish together. And it's going to be one or the other. There's a lot. Of, look, you look at what's going on in society right now. Look, I almost, I'm almost scared to walk down the street in some places because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to get jacked by somebody. I don't know if I need to, you know, 
have a bulletproof vest on. I mean, I don't know if the police are eyeing me because I look like a suspect. I mean, I, I really don't, you know, and then and then again, you know, you think about this. This month is uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. You know, you got to be you got to be mindful of certain spaces that you walk into is because society is at we're at odds with each other right now. So we got to find a way to come together. And it takes for me, it takes a special person that is able to bring people together. You know, look at Donald Trump. He ain't bringing nobody together. He's creating more walls and more barriers and more hate. We need to facilitate the opposite. I think that's what a good lead, that's, that's the definition of a true leader right there. And do you think that your work aims to do that? Like, I think, you know, a lot of your work is focused on people of color, specifically the Latino and Latinx and Hispanic, you know, trying to be LPC. Um, you know, it, it focuses on our community um, as well as justice and diversity and giving back. So when you talk about um, it not just being about us, but trying to facilitate conversations that affect our society at large, um, do you think that your work aims to do that, um, to have a conversation that is inclusive of everybody um, or not? And if so, like, what could you be doing or what can anybody be doing to um, have those awkward conversations and to bridge those gaps that's, you know, our society has created and reinforced, you know, time and time again. Yes, I think I think yes, my work does. But of course, like us all, we all have opportunities and aspects where we can improve. I'll give you an example. Recently, as of last year and as of this year, we had another uh, interpretation. But I recently wrote a play about mass incarceration and the, in, in the age of the prison industrial complex. Now, if you think about it, look, prison in this country, it affects everyone, but it happens to disproportionately affect men of color, black and brown men. Okay, so while prison affects everyone, we also wanna highlight the broader issue of mass incarceration in, in, in incarceration nation, which is the United States. Now, this play that I wrote, while we are talking about the broader issues, but we're all, what we did specifically well in this show was to show the humanity, the human aspect of what happens in United States prisons in, you know, in, in any city, any state, any rural area in this country. Prisons are something that we really need to look at. And you realize, look, prison is a place that is increasingly segregated based on race. But when you start to break things down, you realize all these folks are human. They have human reactions to things like solitary confinement, uh, like things like uh, social isolation. These are all human aspects that happen to everyone. So if you start to break things down that way and you start to realize, hey, what separated us are our labels, what separated us are skin color, what separated us are our last names. When you recognize that, hey, we got much more in common than we do different, that's when we're going to start to get some of this understanding where, where our society isn't at odds with each other as much as it is as it is right now. And I mentioned that because the other thing is I don't want to simplify or delude who we are. Look, we're very proud people. We know who we are. We know where we come from. We know our stories. Uh, and we're a proud people. So, you know, a lot of our people have, you know, tattoos of our names and our last names. And, you know, we're very prideful and we have, um, 
you know, we represent who we are based on, you know, identifiers such as Latinx or Chicano or or Latina or Chingona or flags whatever. Flags are everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Our flags are everywhere. I mean, you know, we're a proud people. So I think it's perfectly fine to celebrate who we are. You know, there's 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 a, a variety of ways that we're going to come together and celebrate who we are. Now, I do think we need further education in many of our communities and in, in the variety of aspects to educate our folks about who we truly are on a deeper level, but also to bring people together. Again, Hispanic Heritage Month, quote unquote, Hispanic Heritage Month isn't just for us, it's for everybody. Look, there wouldn't be a need for celebrating Hispanic heritage if it was something in the larger or broader curriculum that is celebrated year round, where we didn't have to bring this attention about who we really are, not the stereotypes, not the labels and the negative things that we get painted with on the daily, I'm talking about our, our true education of who we are and to celebrate that and bring people together based on it. We touched upon it a little bit already, but you know, it's Hispanic Heritage Month and I wanted to kind of dive deep a little bit into that um, in terms of what it means to you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about language um, and the month itself and what it represents and, you know, what it signifies for um, America and our society as well as our own specific, you know, Latino community. So what are your thoughts? I saw on your Tumblr that you had written something on there actually. Oh my gosh, you looked at my Tumblr. I did. I did a little bit of stalking. <laughs> Looking at my social media stuff, which, hey, thank you for that. I need followers. Uh, shameless plug at Blurb Smith Blots. But um, yeah, you know, listen, it is quote unquote Hispanic Heritage Month. Now, we can talk about it all day. There are various aspects and components where we can, we can you know, basically scrutinize to the point to our faces turn blue. One, terminology is absolutely in people claiming whatever they want to claim because there are a million different labels and identifiers that we can talk about. We can say Mexican, Mexican-American, Boricua, Chicano, Latinx, Hispanic, Argentinian, whatever, right? We can go down the lane and talk about the millions and brilliant uh, colors and, and identifiers that we are. My thing is that we are all of that. You know, I don't want to get us to get caught up. I know a lot of folks say, wait a minute, Maximo, what are you talking about, man? I ain't Mexican. How dare you call me Mexican? I'm indigenous. And I'm like, brother, man, we're all of that. So so to get to your point, Hispanic is a term that not a lot of folks really like, per se. They don't really appreciate it. Or they think that's a government term. It has to do with something we're being labeled as. I don't like Spanish people because I don't like us being colonized, which, look, there's a case for all of that. My thing, though, is that we should and can be able to identify however we want and we should be willing to educate and sit down and talk with folks like we're doing right now about why we want to be called Latinx or why we want to be called Chicano with an X or why we want to be called, you know, whatever we are, whatever we want to be called. I think we are all of that. We need to celebrate all of that. We don't you know, and the other thing about it for me is that, you know, I don't want to get caught up in degrading somebody who identifies as Hispanic. Now, I'm not going to degrade anyone per se. Maybe that's a bit heavy handed, but there's a lot of folks that tell me, hey, man, what are you talking about, man? You ain't Mexican. You, you're American. Well, it's like, wait a minute. You're not Mexican. You're not American. I know a lot of folks that hate the term Mexican. Hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy who wants to empower folks to have a deeper sense of their identity, of their cultural existence, and we need to celebrate it all. 
You know, I don't think I don't think a nation of 54 million people in this country are going to all identify the same as well as all agree politically on a term that is best for all of us. The good thing, though, is that now we have platforms where we can basically claim whatever we want. We can say, look, let's educate each other to say why we're saying Latinx, which I think is brilliant. I think that's that's amazing. And I think that's the other reason why we our community is going to bring people together. We're going to say, look, we're going to be all of these things. We're not going to be just one thing. We're going to be all of them. And we're going to celebrate that inclusivity for all. Throughout your work, there's so many themes of what you're talking about. And I'm wondering, because you are involved in you know, the nonprofit field, as well as the arts and social justice, how you navigate those spaces, um, and importantly, how you practice self-care. Because I think that, first of all, self-care is something that we're talking about a lot recently, um, you know, with Black Lives Matter and all these activists, like going out there and putting blood, sweat, and tears into their work. Like, what happens at the end of the day? Like, how do you take care of yourself when your work is to take care of other people and to protect other people? Um, and you're navigating all these different spaces. And so I'm wondering um, what that is like for you. And at the end of the day, what do you do to take care of yourself? That's a good question. And I mean, I think all of us as activists, as creatives, as pushers and movers and shakers of everything that we're doing, we have to get to a point where we're right with ourselves mentally and spiritually before we can give. I think to me as a leader, and I consider myself a leader because I know a little bit about leadership, studying it formally and informally. But I think as a true leader, you can't give unless you have something to give. And I think we have to be in a right and a good place mentally and spiritually and for it to come to from a genuine place. You know, I think that's a that's a lot of the reason why people are disillusioned and disenfranchised with politics as a whole is because they feel like a lot of those folks are ingenuine. So I think once we get right with ourselves, then we can give. We have to build ourselves up to a point where we're going to be unbreakable because you talk about work as an activist alone. That'll break you. You know, if you're deep, if you're deep in the activism in whatever field it may be, whether it be violence against women, whether it be racial and social issues, whether it be politics alone it, it'll break you it'll destroy you but if we build ourselves up to the point where we're going to be unbreakable then we're going to be able to do some things in terms of self-care i totally agree with you and listen for me i take to be quite honest i take about a day where i do absolutely nothing and i just do i just do nothing i, I mean sit around and that sounds strange because on the on the other days i'm that pit bull that we talked about dragging that block around you know, 24th and Lennox or whatever it may be. But you got to take that time just to decompress and to, to not do any work. Perhaps, you know, you're lounging, perhaps you're, you know, you're Netflix and chilling or whatever it may be. But you can't, you can't continuously give because if you do that, you're not going to have anything to give at the end of the day. You got to take some time to recharge your batteries. You got to take some time, maybe even to step away from the work a little bit. I know a lot. I, that's a great. And I'm so glad you said that because I know a lot of great activists that become burned out and they're not taking care of themselves, you know, uh, physically, but as well as mentally. And they don't end up in a good place. And we got, we owe more to ourselves and more to our families 
than to tend to de- derode ourselves or erode ourselves, uh, so to speak, uh, for who we are. Because we have so much to give. We have so much to give. You know, our people are so br- Some of the smartest, some of the most intelligent, brilliant people that I've met are the people from our communities. But they just haven't realized it yet. They need to unlock that potential, so to speak. And once they find that combination, they're going to be all right. But, I, you know, I'm totally with you on on self-care. So for me, the other thing is as I work out heavily, I work out. I, I used to work out much more than I am right now. But, you know, time is, is, is of a premium. So I work out probably about three to four days a week right now. Uh, and you got to put time for these sort of things into your schedule. So you're probably big on schedules like I am. I know at three o'clock I'm doing this. At four o'clock I'm doing this. You got to say, all right, at five o'clock I'm going to go to the Starbucks or wherever it may be, the local coffee shop, and just, you know, surf the web or whatever it may be. That's going to be my time. That's what I like doing. I'm going to spend an hour doing that. So for me, I put maybe an hour at the gym into my calendar, and I tackle that just like I would any other project. You got to see it like work. You got to see it like business, or else you won't do it. Yeah, if you find it expendable, it's not going to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you got to do it in all ways. You got to do it in all ways. I want to talk a little bit about just any last word that you have for the professional working um, Latino, Latina, Latinx who's trying to, you know, enter the workforce or kind of navigate different areas of work and what you as somebody who, first of all, is the executive director of an organization, as somebody who is a leader, what you have to say about um, us trying to get into these spaces and make ourselves known and advocate for ourselves um, to make a life for for ourselves and be able to support ourselves and our families um, in our lives. What do you have to say? Any advice um, for for any Latinos who are trying to to make it happen? Yes, absolutely. And you know, it's a good thing that I have a lot to say on this. I have a lot to say about a lot of things, which is probably <laughs> why we're doing this interview. But um, you know, I think first of all what young professionals need to understand and realize first and foremost is you got to take care of yourself. You're number one. You are number one. You're going to take care. So perhaps you're going to take a job because you got some bills to pay. A lot of folks that are entering the workforce right now are, are coming on with incredible amounts of, of student loan debt. Well, if you got to take a job, a high paying job uh, with a particular company or corporation so you can pay off some of those bills and get out of debt, do that. You need to also listen and learn while on the job. Just listen. Listen and learn as much as you can. Put all that stuff in your toolbox. And if things don't work out there, you can move on. Now you've got resume experience. The other thing is that we need to be creating and talking about generational wealth inside of our communities. So I like to tell people, look, go and listen and learn from some of these amazing corporations. And if you want to go move on later on in life, you can create your own line. You can create your own business. You can be your own boss and an entrepreneur with whatever particular field with the skills that you learned on that job. Um, I think that's very, very important. We need to be talking about financial literacy, financial wellness, and generational wealth about giving back to our own. I am all about supporting local, uh, supporting local anything, whether it be local artists, local musicians, uh, local businesses, and any aspect that I can. My family comes from a background of small business owners, and I want to give those individuals my money 
before I give to a larger corporation who, who probably honestly doesn't need it. Um, and that's not saying I do for everything, but, but, you know, I do that for, for a variety of things if I can, and I go out of my way to do it because I think it's important. Great. Do you have any uh, resources that you can recommend um, for people who are trying to um, develop themselves professionally, whether it's, you know, any websites or any classes or anybody that they, you know, any TED Talk or anything like that off the top of your head? Oh, my gosh. There's so many um, to think of. I think you mentioned a TED Talk. One of the TED Talks that I really love is on grit. But it's a TED Talk on grit. I think her name is Duckworth, Angela Duckworth, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, she talks about perseverance. She talks about passion to battle through and overcome obstacles. And I think that's something that we're very familiar with in our community. Look, we ain't no strangers to hard work in our community. You know, we know what it takes to get up early in the morning and, you know, put in an honest day's work. We know what it's like to hustle and have to move into shake to make it. You know, I come from a background of football. My passion and pretty much everything I learned in life has to do with what I learned on the football field. And I knew that if I wanted to make it, if I wanted to be successful, I had to hustle. I had to grind for it. So I think if we use that mentality that we know and that we're familiar with and also being innovative, we're going to be on to some amazing things. And, and again, we have all of the answers inside of our community. We have all the answers inside of our families, uh, in our houses, in our homes. We just got to stop to listen and look around and get right with ourselves and we're going to be great. I mean, again, the I, again, I truly believe the answers are, are with us. If we want to know how we're going to transform society, all we got to do is pick up a history book about us, pick up a cultural, you know, a novel, pick up a, a brilliant textbook by some of our amazing storytellers and some of our history makers. That's that's where we need to focus our energy at. Yeah. And actually, that um, reminds me that Be Visible that soy, hello, be visible Latinx is like a great resource for professional development. There's a lot of um, job opportunities on there, a lot of articles on the blog, um, and different just events and opportunities um, for the the working professional that is wanting to develop their career. Just you know anything. Um, that they want or need in terms of their interests, whether it's finance or education or the arts, like there's so many different resources, um, including different Be Visible members on there that you can talk to um, if you have any questions. So everybody should definitely check that out. Yes, I think Be Visible is great. Um, you know, and it's again, it's about us creating our own opportunities for ourselves and for others. Look, we can do it you know, now is our time. It, you know, all we got to do is connect the dots. Part of the reason I've been successful is because I found the voids and I've been able to fill some of those voids, but I've been also been able to use my talents and things that I'm good at. You mentioned, hey, how do you how do you go to, into all, all these spaces and do this and that? Well, I think all of us can. It's, a, it's one, believing that we can, and then two, utilizing our talents and what we're good at, or we can do anything. Like you, you're very talented yourself. You can do a variety of different things. Uh, and I'm sure you can navigate those spaces just as well as anybody else can. It's about them believing. And the phrase has always been si se puede. It hasn't been anything else. All we got to do is believe in ourselves and we're going to be able to do it. Yeah, my mom, there's a saying that my mom always says, which is, el creer es poder, 
which is to believe is power, you know, it's powerful. And I always think about that every single day because it is so motivating and it's true. Your state of mind is really everything. You know, it's everything when you work out, when you're trying to pursue, you know, a, a particular career, when you're in the middle of class taking a test, like your mindset can get, your mind is so powerful and capable and really it can get you through anything. Absolutely. And, and that's why I'm always talking about this stuff on 100. People say, man, Maximo, man, you're always, you're always so energetic, man. Why are you so passionate? It's because one, it's contagious. You, we have to pass that on. This is a synergy. It's going to rub off on somebody. You're going to have somebody else believing they can change the world. And I like to, you know, you talked about, you know, the phrase that your mother says. Well, I also like to, to kind of give it to, the, to speak to these children, speaking in the words of Kanye West, who's going to stop me now? Who's going to stop you now? Hey, the other thing is, like Kanye said, if your attitude determines your latitude, how high are you going to go? You're going to be the one. Listen, we can talk about all the nasty, negative, systematic issues that are out there in the world. We know those. But I want to know about what you can do. When I speak to young people, when I speak to students, I want to know about what you can do. Because guess what? Out of all the nasty things that are out there in society, this is still a country where you can make something of yourself. You can make some money. You can get famous if you want. You can do whatever you want. You can create your own lane. The world is your oyster if you want it and if you believe it. And how do I know? Because I'm doing it. And if I can do it, like, I ain't, I ain't the smartest dude, but I've been able to put some things together. And if I can do it, they can do it too. Oh, you're so inspiring. I love it so much. <laughs> Thank you. I just want you to be my life coach for everything. <laughs> So on that note, I want to move into just a quick little Be Visible um, section um, to have you talk about what it means to be a member of the Be Visible community. How did you first uh, learn about Be Visible? Yeah, that's interesting because I, I met Nicole, who's great, by the way, uh, via an article that I wrote after the killing of Alton Sterling. And... I wrote an article about Alton Sterling because, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter movement is, you know, kind of the next generation and the seeds of the civil rights movement in the United States. And we all got to be a part of that. And I felt that I, I, you know, that particular article I wrote wanted to come from a place where all Latinos, all Latinxes, all Chicanos, all Tejanas can get behind the Black Lives Matter movement and to say this is bigger than you know one ethnic group or one racial group and um you know nicole and i are working on a few other items right now but um you know she introduced me to the community and i thought it was brilliant i thought it was amazing welcoming accepting community and uh something i'm, I'm glad to be a part of something i want to continue to work with and i think the work that you all are doing is amazing in terms of again being innovative creating opportunities for everyone and um you know, it's just great. We need more, we need more things like this. Definitely. I agree 100%. And I'm so happy to be involved with them and um, making this podcast for this specific community that's going to highlight all the wonderful members who identify as Latinx and are on the platform because um, we have to help each other rise and love one another and highlight one another through our own respective work because that's only how we're going to get bigger and louder and um, more visible, you know, in this world. And I'm really happy that you've taken time to talk with me um, about your experiences, about Be Visible, 
and um, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. We'll do it again soon. And, um, you know, you take care, you know, for anybody else listening, for anyone else that might have tuned into this, anyone questioning their identity or their experience or their culture, you know, we don't have to, but we're going to tell you that you're validated, that you're good enough, and that you can do anything you want with your life. You just got to believe in it. And that's that's what the motto is. And we speak truth to power around here. So whatever you want to do, keep telling yourself, and I bet you one day you're going to do it. So before we sign off, can you let people know where they can find you and your work? Oh, my gosh, yeah. So I'm online at um, uh, com. That's my full name. Uh, you can check me out on social media at blurbsmithblots and just Google me. There ain't too many Maximos running around, uh, you know, talking like I'm talking and, and things of that nature. So, um yeah, you know, I'm just a humble dude, though. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to get caught up on some big, you know, persona and some big, you know, uh, braggadocious fellow because I'm not. You know, we as a people are are spiritual, humble folk, and I'm, I'm, you know, totally that as well. But I know how to turn it up when I need to. So if anybody is mistaking that uh, humility for weakness, uh, don't get that twisted because you know we can turn into uh, that jagged sword when we need to, right? <laughs> Always. And I'm going to end on that note because that was perfectly said. Thank you all for taking time to listen to this episode featuring Maximo Anguiano. Please check him out and his amazing work. If you want to hear him talk more, I'm sure that he is open to you reaching out to him and contacting him. And you can also find him on bevisible.soy. I wanted to give a special thank you to Maximo for taking time to talk to me, being so open and generous with sharing his experiences and talking about himself, his life, and being a Chicano. Your voice and work is needed in our community, so thank you for contributing and being so accessible and open to all. This episode was produced and edited by me, Elizabeth Estrada, with help in pre-production from Nicole Castillo and Amanda Guadalupe. Our cover art was designed by Natalia Vilela. Our theme music is El Pescador by Los Hermanos, courtesy of GoSoundtrack.com. You can join Be Visible Latinx by going on BeVisible.Soy, S-O-Y, and check out the blog at blog.BeVisible.Soy. You can follow me, Elizabeth, at That's What E.E. Said and visit my personal website, www.thatswhatee.com. The next episode of Be Visible Voices will be out the first week of November, so stay tuned. Hasta la próxima vez. Ciao.